Benjamin Netanyahu on Thursday condemned South Africa's genocide case against Israel and Gaza as hypocrisy and lies. So will this impact the Gaza war? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's get started. This is In America Today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City. Coming up, three judges at a U.S. appeals court are considering Donald Trump's argument that he has immunity against prosecution. But first... Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said that his country's war against Hamas in Gaza is in full compliance with international law and reiterated that his goal is not to expel the Palestinian population living there. Meanwhile, Gaza's health ministry is warning of a looming catastrophe for displaced Palestinians, hunger, dehydration and disease, calling it a triangle of death. For more, we're joined by Alex Trayman, the CEO and Jerusalem Bureau Chief of the Jewish News Syndicate. Hi, Alex. Thanks so much for being back on the program. Thanks for having me, Veronica. Now, the International Court of Justice is considering a complaint filed by South Africa alleging that Israel is committing genocide. The U.S. says the allegations are unfounded. Is this a justified complaint and could it halt the war in Gaza? Well, Israel's been doing more than any military in the history of modern warfare to try to avoid civilian casualties uh, in the Gaza Strip, providing humanitarian aid to an enemy population that declared war on it on October 7th when it brutally massacred 1,200 people in the most barbaric fashion possible. Uh, So these these claims are completely and totally unfounded. And no, they're not likely to stop uh, Israel's uh, counteroffensive inside the Gaza Strip. Now we're already two weeks into the new year. What has the IDF said publicly about its strategy moving forward? Well, the IDF has uh, controlled most of the northern Gaza Strip and continues uh, intensive fighting uh, to uh, surround and uh, and defeat the senior leadership of Hamas, which is now uh, located in the south of the Gaza Strip in, in Khan Yunis uh, with, with targeted, uh, targeted operations and also still trying, of course, to find the over 100 hostages that still remain inside the Gaza Strip. Is the Biden administration trying to prevent Israel from defeating Hamas and effectively dealing with threats from Iran and its proxies? Well, that's the question. On the one hand, uh, they've been very supportive about uh, Israel's operation. They have called the the charges against Israel and the International Criminal Court, the International Court of Justice, rather unfounded, and said they will continue providing Israel the support that they need. And on the other hand, uh, you know, they've been pushing Israel not to use uh, air power uh, inside the Gaza Strip uh, in in these uh, last rounds of, of the fighting, and they've made it much harder for Israel to accomplish its goals of uh, capturing the senior Hamas leadership uh, as fast as possible. And at the same time, you have this threat from Hezbollah uh, to Israel's north and the Houthis, and, and the United States is definitely pushing Israel uh, not to widen the war to, to tackle these other proxies that are attacking it as well. Do you think it's possible not to deal with those other issues? 
I think for Israel, it's impossible. Uh, the threat that Hezbollah poses Israel to, to the north and southern Lebanon is potentially more potent than the threat that Hamas has ever posed. They have 150,000 uh, rockets and missiles pointed at Israel, many of them long range, many of them precision guided. Uh, they also have a tunnel infrastructure uh, in southern Lebanon, which is believed to be as sophisticated or more sophisticated, in fact, than the tunnel infrastructure inside the Gaza Strip. You have over 80,000 Israelis that have been evacuated from their homes on the northern border. And I don't see any way that Israel will be able to allow them to return to their homes if Hezbollah still poses a threat to the Israeli home front. On a global scale, do you think accurate information is being uh, you know, disseminated around the world correctly? Well, certainly not inside. from inside the Gaza Strip. You, you have uh, many uh, quote unquote journalists that have connections to to terrorists and connections to Hamas. We saw journalists from CNN, uh, photojournalists from CNN and, and Reuters that uh, were participating in the October seventh attack. Uh, we saw when uh, when. You know, the New York Times, BBC, CNN, and many others accused Israel of bombing a hospital in the in the Gaza Strip and killing 500 people when uh, when it was clear that it was a Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket that hit a parking lot of a hospital and there wasn't any possible way that 500 people could have been killed there. Uh, so we see a lot of misinformation, disinformation. And of course, most people are getting their information from social media, and it's it's quite frankly not reliable. Could Hamas's October 7th assaults, including sexual violence, constitute crimes against humanity? Well, we saw the most barbaric crimes possible. I mean, uh, on October 7th, uh, you know, sexual crimes. And we, we've heard stories of the hostages that were sexually assaulted while in captivity inside the Gaza Strip, you know, burning people to a crisp, uh, setting their houses on fire, uh, putting babies inside ovens, uh, you just beheadings uh, of children and, and others in, inside Gaza, the most barbaric violence possible, uh, certainly humanitarian crimes of the worst kind. And it's, it's just uh, insulting and absurd that uh, now the International Court of Justice is, is trying to accuse what Hamas did to Israel on October 7th, trying to accuse that on, on Israel. During the holidays was a very different time, especially in Jerusalem, where normally you would be seeing a lot of tours with people looking for some religious pilgrimages. And now with the new year, it's very different. And in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, looking to maybe have some some different seasons, kind of, you know, what is it like on the ground and, and what is this new reality like? Well, inside Israel, there's been virtually no tourism, uh, you know, for three months. Uh, with the exception of those that are just coming to show an outpouring of support for the Jewish state as they're fighting this war. Uh, you know, you still have many population centers in Israel that are being targeted continuously by rockets. We're talking about, uh, you know, over 15,000 rockets now that have been fired at Israel nonstop for the past three months. And every time those rockets go off, sirens go off in cities. And then you have uh, residents, you know, trying to, to duck into into uh, bomb shelters, basically, and hoping that the Iron Dome will shoot, uh, shoot those missiles out of the sky. Um, so, uh, on the one hand, uh, Israelis are used to conflict and and are, are very resilient. On the other hand, uh, still very much a feeling that uh, that they're under fire. And of course, so many families that have loved ones uh, fighting inside the Gaza Strip. So tremendous tension uh, as they wait for their loved ones to come home. And, and of course, also, we still have over 100 hostages there. And so it really tears at the heart of the entire Israeli population.
Alex Treman, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Three judges at a U.S. appeals court are considering Donald Trump's argument that he has immunity against prosecution. The president has to have immunity. Former President Donald Trump argued he's immune from criminal prosecution after a hearing on Tuesday in his federal election subversion case. But a Washington appeals court questioned that claim as Trump faces a trial in March on charges related to attempts to overturn his 2020 election loss. Trump was in the courtroom as his legal team tried to convince a panel of three judges that former presidents should not be prosecuted for actions they took in office. His legal team insisted a former president could be charged for such conduct only if they were first impeached by the House of Representatives and convicted in the Senate. Here's Judge Florence Pan engaging with Trump lawyer D. John Sauer on this point. Could a president who ordered SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival who was not impeached, would he be subject to criminal prosecution? If he were impeached and convicted first. I did nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong. Trump said after the hearing that he did not break the law. With the Republican state-by-state presidential nominating contest due to kick off next week, Trump, who leads his party rivals by a wide margin, claimed he is a victim of political persecution. I think it's very unfair when a opponent, a political opponent, is prosecuted by the DOJ, by Biden's DOJ. In a video posted to social media ahead of the hearing, Trump said he could prosecute Democratic President Joe Biden if he wins the November presidential election. Federal prosecutors argue that Trump was acting as a candidate, not a president, when he pressured officials to overturn the election results and encouraged his supporters to march to the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Justice Department lawyer James Perch told the judges in this hearing that granting Trump immunity from those actions would give future presidents license to commit crimes. Both the legal outcome and timing of the appeals court's ruling will play a pivotal role in determining whether Trump faces trial ahead of the November election. Any ruling from the appeals court is almost certain to be appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, which last month denied a request from special counsel Jack Smith, who is overseeing the federal prosecution of Trump, to immediately decide the issue. The Pentagon Inspector General has launched a review of U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's hospitalization. This comes after the White House said President Joe Biden did not know of his defense secretary's prostate cancer until this week, which was mere minutes after it was disclosed to the public. Secretary Austin currently remains hospitalized at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center and is in good condition. The Pentagon announced on Tuesday that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin had been in the hospital due to a urinary tract infection following a December surgical procedure to treat prostate cancer. The disclosure comes after nearly a week in which the Defense Department faced public backlash over the secrecy surrounding Austin's whereabouts, with even President Joe Biden kept in the dark for days. The Pentagon last Friday said Austin had been hospitalized but declined to say why. Secretary Austin continues to recover well and remains in good spirits. He's in contact with his senior staff and has full access to required secure communications capabilities and continues to monitor DOD's day-to-day operations worldwide. Austin, who is 70, sits just below Biden at the top of the U.S. military's chain of command, and his duties require him to be available at a moment's notice to respond to any national security crisis. 
His handling of the situation appeared to be a stark breach of protocol for high-ranking cabinet officials who typically inform the public of planned medical absences ahead of time and identify who will be filling in for them. Austin may have also violated internal U.S. Department of Defense protocols, and officials say they are conducting a full review of the incident to determine how future lapses could be prevented. Biden's National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby faced questions on Tuesday about how the president, who was running for re-election, did not know of his defense secretary's January 1st hospitalization until several days later. But he wasn't informed why? He was not informed until last Friday that Secretary Austin was in the hospital. He was not informed until this morning that the root cause of that hospitalization was prostate cancer. Stay with us. More ticker coming up.